0: And welcome to the Brad and John Show. It is uh, myself, Brad Hildebrand, and John Combes. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brad. How are you doing? Fine. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, not have technical difficulties today and be able to do the complete show. <laughs> we have, yeah. A-
1: hey, we we turn the show turns eighteen episodes old today,
0: Brad. So maybe we're maybe we're reaching maturity. And on on the podcaster or, or not on podcast, but just on the podcast, we're up to like I think uh, episode forty three or forty four or something like that. Yeah,
1: well, so that'd be that. That's the number of segments, then, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Nice, of segments nice, yep, very yep, good. Yep, yep. It's, it's
1: building. The library is building, Brad. <laughs> yes. The the ammunition that people will eventually use against us is building. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, if they haven't if they haven't canceled you yet, Brad. Yeah, we, we, you know, then I don't think they're ever going to get you.
0: We can't take the Fifth Amendment because it's out there in the public domain now, right? <laughs> but the
1: Fourteenth Amendment might be. Used to keep us oh off my the ballot, God. though. Brad. We'll
0: talk about that for a minute. Uh, yes. By the way, uh, there's a thing I think I put on the on this on the Egbert website. Uh, something to do, or can't remember which one of the websites. That I've heard interesting quote. Uh, you know, you, you know, you're over the target when you're taking flak. You know, that's exactly right. That's an old military maxim, <laughs> right? You know, and if you know, if you know what flak is, in other words, they're shooting. If you're flying, like go back and watch some of the World War II movies where the B-17s are flying, uh, bombing Germany, and all the <laughs> flak, which is the anti-aircraft. Guns. Now they call it AAA. It's not anti-aircraft. It's AAA. Uh, anyway, be that as it may. Now we start off the show. Except for Monday when I screwed up, we start off the show by John giving his top three of from JohnCombes.com. Now John does this every single day since October of 2001. No, I didn't say 2021. I said 2001. So 22 plus years, he scours the internet, and finds all sorts of information on what's hot in the state of Missouri, legislator uh, legislators, uh, what's going on in Jefferson City, what's going on in the various cities around the country or around the, the state that have an impact. And John is here with his top three.
1: The number three story today is one that's near and dear to Brad's heart, and it involves electric vehicles. Oh, There's a company in Fredericktown, Missouri, which is south of the St. Louis area, announced that it just got a little over $200 million in investment from a London-based company to begin mining cobalt out of a former lead mine in Fredericktown, Missouri. Interesting. Yeah, so in the the company cited the fact that there's you know uh, the the Biden administration now has a Brad knows more about this than anyone, but the but a tax incentive for electric cars isn't it seventy five hundred dollars, Brad? If it, I recall correctly, well, it
0: depends. Matter of fact, it's sort of weird because of the fact that there's been some some um, you know some problems with that because you know who John Stossel is. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, do you know the thing he did on electric cars? It's probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago. I don't know that story. He went and bought a golf cart, literally a golf cart, not a car, a golf cart, and the federal government paid 100% for it. Nice. Good for John. But it was some goofy loophole in the law where I, I, you know, once again, (laughs) you know, if, if if you and I were going to come up with a rule we'd say okay if your car has uh, has uh, you know um, a an engine bigger than than three liters you're gonna pay X and if, you, if it's just smaller than three liters but the government would say if your car has more than three more than three liters, and has two doors and a trunk lid, which is power-operated. You know, they just make things complicated. Yes, so, so yeah. So I don't know exactly. Or they
1: make it extremely specific to, to help whoever they want to help.
0: Right, right. I'm not sure that there is, a, there is a set amount anymore. I think it varies from car to car and stuff like that. And, uh, I see. Yeah, but but that's really interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, as, and so, now, by the way, the, the lead was a quote from Governor Parson, which I can assure you that Governor Parson did not write it. Has no idea who wrote it, has no idea what's going on. Maybe we get to that after the top three things. I've been involved in writing quotes for a number of government officials before coming from the corporate side, Right. and the, the back and forth between your corporation and the governor's office or the senator's office, whoever, is uh, real sausage making. Maybe we get to that when we're done. But So the number two story today comes from the public radio station in Kansas City, which is KCUR, a group of pro-Palestinian students is upset with University of Missouri, Kansas City administrators, because they say that the administration is not doing enough to, quote, protect, unquote, the student's right to protest, hold anti-Israel, pro-Palestine protests on campus. Specifically, they want the university to do things like pick up the tab for having a bigger police presence. They want the university to come out with a statement that's uh, essentially pro-Palestine and and calling for a ceasefire and it's you know a pretty good example of a student a student organization leaning unhappy with the administration for not doing enough to support them hmm. and number 1 is the number one story today is about Missouri's presidential primaries and caucuses the Springfield News Leader has a pretty good overview today of the entire 2024 election calendar the main takeaway is that this year there will not be a Republican primary there will be Republican caucuses now folks in our listening area might remember 2012 in which there were presidential caucuses held throughout the region and the one in St Charles County was an unmitigated disaster no i don't remember that why was it a disaster oh uh, it was it was fantastic and if you like if you like theater it was fantastic so it was held at Francis Howell North High School, and the joy of caucuses is you don't just go in and vote. You go in there, and leaders of different factions attempt to make their case to voters, then then there's always an argument about procedures. So I've been a part of this process in the 1996 caucuses. I was a part of it in 2012. And, (coughs) excuse me, in 2012, the unique factor was that there were a lot of Ron Paul supporters showed up. So they were folks who historically hadn't been involved in Republican politics. There was a lot of new blood coming in. So you had the the Mitt Romney forces, if you could call anybody that supports Mitt Romney a force, traditional Republicans versus Ron Paul Republicans, and you just had a bitter fight in the first 30 seconds of who would actually get to be nominated for chair. In fact, the L.A. Times, uh, I'm not – Trying to toot my own horn here, Brad, but I was live tweeting from the event, and a reporter from the LA Times was wrote about my tweets. I just called it. It was it was an unmitigated disaster, and it was pandemonium. And the police ended up coming. And in,
0: oh, John disappeared. Oh, here we go again. Okay, oh, here, are, you, Brad. are you back? You disappeared. You I'm said, here, Brad. And the police showed I'm up, here. and then you were gone. Yeah. The-
1: the, the police showed up and, and eventually the Missouri Republican Party ca- declared the results of that first caucus um, to be void and ended up having another event, I think a month or two later, which I also attended, that was a lot more civilized, that didn't feature any screaming or pushing or people ripping hats off each other and throwing them, which <laughs> happened at the first one. So the Democrats, to give them credit, have a little bit easier of a system. They're just going to go in on March 23rd. And just vote in a primary, and whoever wins, wins. Well, but Republicans throughout the state will be meeting in caucuses, and there will be hijinks, there will be fireworks, there will be hurt feelings, and, and probably some uh, allegations of wrongdoing, which will lead to lawsuits.
0: Now, now, let me go back to what you said. The Democrats mm-hmm. are going to vote. Is it like voting? Is the Joe average citizen can vote, or just the Demo- That's a great question, Brad. So what both parties,
1: what Democrats and Republicans have set up, both parties have it set up. Where before you can either attend the caucus or you can vote in the Democratic primary, you have to sign a piece of paper or electronically sign a piece of paper that swears that you are indeed a legitimate Democrat. Or a legitimate Republican,
0: so they don't want the they don't want the classic primary uh, where the Republicans move over to a Democratic ballot and and essentially vote for the weakest candidate. Correct? Is that the kind of thing they're trying to avoid? That's exactly that, That's exactly right.
1: Now, what what is what is bound to happen, Brad, is that in in March there will be voters that don't like the outcome of a, of a Republican caucus who then are able to show that there are a handful of Democrats in the community who, you know, might have run as a Democrat before or gave to Democratic candidates. And then they'll, they'll unearth that, those donation records and say, see, this entire system is wrong because there were Democrats voting here. Uh, it is
0: a messy – it is a messy process. Why, why don't – here's my dumb question. Why don't they just let us go to the polls and vote? Mm-hmm. Well, if because if you're a Republican committee person
1: in St. Charles County or anywhere around the state, I think that the caucuses are an opportunity for you to show your strength and in in defense of people who who really like caucuses. And I would say, by the way, I'm exactly in the middle. I don't want to sit in a room for seven to eight hours and, and deal with all this stuff. And I'm not sure if I'm going to go or not. But the advantage of a caucus is that you only have the true believers there. You have the people, you're not going to sit in a, in a crowded auditorium for six or seven hours unless you really believe in, in, in improving the Republican Party or standing up for the Republican voice. The counter argument to that is that normal people. Aren't going to give an entire Saturday when their kids have baseball games and volleyball games and gymnastics to go sit in an auditorium for six or seven hours.
0: Well, see, I, I guess I'm the latter, not the farmer, because not that mm-hmm. I not that I don't want to sit in an auditorium for six or seven hours. I'm just saying, just put it on the ballot. I mean, we vote yeah. for we vote for all this goofy stuff anyway. We vote for you know a board of education and stuff like that. J- can't, why couldn't they just put it on the, in the April municipal ballot? You know, put, yeah. You know, I, I just you know you and i talked about this yesterday uh the ranked choice voting and i'm thinking to myself you know years ago i had a boss who would always tell us kiss k i s s you know what kiss stands for keep it simple stupid exactly <laughs> why do you have to complicate things you know yeah. and and the sad part of it is let's not let's not sound like we are you know of a higher uh higher class or higher intellect but There are some people that they're lucky if they understand how to go vote. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And 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 You know, I I think, Brad, and Democrats would say that – and, you know,
1: there are Democrats in other states that have caucuses and not primaries. But Democrats in Missouri would say that Republicans are consistently trying to minimize turnout for any sort of election, including their own caucuses.
0: Well, you know, I heard, you know, I listen to radio all day long. I listen to to podcasts. And yesterday I heard an interesting quote. I'm not going to, and here's the crazy thing. I can't remember who said it. But the quote was, the farther away you get from election day voting, the more chance of corruption in the system. And the idea being that is, if you have one day of voting, we go back to if you want to vote, you show up on the first Tuesday of November, uh, and everybody shows up. But if you say, okay, we're going to let people vote uh, a week ahead of time, and then that becomes two weeks, and then it becomes a month. That there's yep. more chance for corruption because of the fact that you don't have. I mean, when you think about it, it makes perfect sense because. If you got a bunch of bad actors who are going to try and I'm, I'm not trying to say like I'm Donald Trump or anything like that, but let's yeah. be honest, there are shenanigans going on there in, in yeah. voting. And the classic example is right here in the city of St. Louis where, uh, where uh, you know, remember the Franks election that got overturned? You know what I'm talking about? The, you mean Bruce Frank? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. The yeah. the guy who was the uh, who who started became a a, a name in the uh, Ferguson Ferguson, Pro, uh, protest, Ferguson protests yep. and ran against a woman who was a state rep. You probably know who that was. What's the name?
1: Uh, gosh, off the top of my head, John. I don't I'm dis-
0: I'm disappointed. <laughs> you know all these. Yeah, things. I don't know. Anyway,
1: you, yeah, I know who you I know the election you're talking about.
0: Right. She ran and she had a truly. Uh, refined political machine. And to the point where... Penny she, Hubbard. Penny Hubbard. It. Yep. She won the election, but then they proved there was so much fraud in the election, yeah. they overturned the election, and they ran the election over again. And yeah. and we're not talking like like you know uh, you know uh, uh, people saying well there's there's people stealing votes there's people showing up at three o'clock in the morning with rider trucks full of votes no this was unmitigated fraud where essentially uh, I think one of the biggest things was if I'm not mistaken her family owned apartment complexes I think this was the deal uh, and correct me it if it was you... absentee ballots right and and yep. what they would do was her managers of the apartment complexes would knock on people's doors and say, hey, uh, do you have an absentee ballot? Uh, You know what? Uh, We'll take care of that for you. And people would give them their ballots. Remember that story? they would fill it
1: out. Now, to be fair to Penny Hubbard, and I can't believe I'm starting a sentence that way. (laughs) To be fair to Penny Hubbard, ballot harvesting in Democratic areas of the region has gone on forever. When I was involved in campaigns in the 1990s when that was my life, you, we would have folks – Brad, you remember this area well. Off of Span- – in Spanish Lake, off of Spanish Pond Road, there's a home for, for folks who are disabled, um, for older folks. And we had I, – I, I can't – I don't remember the name of those streets. But we had folks that lived there telling us that, no, the, the Democrats already came by. They filled out my ballot for me. They notarized it. Like I don't – I already voted. You know, right. And right. It's, it, so that's I mean, and that's that was the original version of the term ballot harvesting. And it was Democrats would make the point that folks who have a hard time getting to the polls should have someone there to assist them. And they need someone to notarize, you know, that whole victimhood
0: angle. Right, 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 right. Well, but, but once, and but see, there was something the other day that came out just the other day. You know, I hear these things and I try to source them so you and I can talk about it. That There was yeah. some research that came out that in the 2020 election they said one out of five absentee votes was fraudulent. And I'm going like, holy cow. You know, you start thinking about that. That's 20%. And, and so even if that
1: number is exaggerated by two, that's still 10%. Yeah,
0: I know. It's, I still,
1: mean, a, it's still a
0: huge amount of ballots. I mean, it's crazy. And to the point where where you know, I, I guess the thing that that bothers me on a on a on a personal basis. This is a carryover from from uh, my old uh, show with Shelly. Okay, about a year ago, I lost my wallet. Okay, I have mm-hmm. this little ridge wallet that has all my credit cards and all my ID cards and stuff like that. And the crazy thing about it is, to this day, it's somewhere. Nobody has it. It's somewhere that I was because of the fact that. I never canceled any of my credit cards and none no charges have ever shown up so you know darn well that if somebody would find my wallet and I never got it back there would be charging the cards okay so it has taken me a year to get all my IDs and I the other day I've got I've got one matter of fact (laughs) I shouldn't tell this story but I will I had to go to last last week it was my driver's license I now have a temporary driver's license. You know, temp- and, and be honest oh, with nice. you. Oh, nice. Well, I have a temporary. Like you're 16. You know, no, I have a temporary in the respect that now, you know, when you get your driver's license, you go to the driver's license bureau. They used to hand it to you right there. Now it has to come from someplace in Georgia or stuff like that. So I've got a paper temporary license, okay? It took me three times going to the driver's license bureau to get all the crap that I needed. Three times I had to show up. Yeah. Now, the crazy part it. of it is I have a non-driver's license which is current which has all my information has my driver's license number but they will not take that information off the state issued non-driver's license and transfer it over to the driver's license and the crazy thing about it is the guy who's sitting there at the counter who's got my account up he sees that i have a current driver's license it's not suspended Mm -hmm. all my documentation is there in the computer But he can't give me the license because I have to bring them the paper copies. And the worst part of it was I had to get a copy of a payment, and I won't say what it was, but a government payment. And I go to that government agency. The lady prints it off for me. I take it back to the driver's license bureau, and the guy says... We can't accept that. You got that off the internet. I go, no, I went down to St. Louis County and got that. He goes, no, you didn't. You got that off the internet. We have to have the official one with the official St. Louis County logo on. it. I had to go back to St. Louis County, sit in line for thirty-five minutes, and have and the lady said, "Here's what I got from you this morning. Can you give me the real deal?" Well, that's what we give. Out. I go, they won't take it. So she yep. huddles with her supervisor, and they put something together, and out of the printer comes a, a a document, the same document with a logo on it. I go back to my driver's license and I get my driver's license. I've done I've done the same song and dance Brad, but you it's- know why it doesn't change is because
1: your time has no value. Right. It doesn't matter how long people wait. It's <sighs> it's now you would think that for for the sake of efficiency, imagine in your interaction how much time at the office was wasted of of employees time was wasted because the systems don't talk to each other.
0: Well, and once again it's to the point where if it's in the computer system and the guy is sitting there looking at my documents, why can't he just hit a key and go, "Okay, fine. I've yeah. got to show him yeah. again." Okay. And his response was he says that's it's. it's this is sort of scary. He says it's in the computer system, not for us, but for the federal government. And I'm going. Of like, course, That's Brad. that's sort of spooky. <laughs> they know what you've been talking about <laughs> oh, on Egbert. Right. They know. Okay, we have to take a break at seven twenty-one.